1450 WKXL, New Hampshire Talk Radio.com. My name is Jane Cormier, and welcome back to Artful Living. Is it B R I C K S? B R I X. B R I X. New word for Scrabble. I never knew that word. Bricks. We have silver singles. <laughs> But, well, that, you know, that's what you do when you're outside. Ooh, the show must go on. <laughs> right. Welcome to Art for Living. This is Jane Cormier, your host here at WKXL 1450 AM, 103.9 FM Concord, and 101.9 FM in Manchester, our new signal in Manchester. Uh, thank you very much for joining us out there. Um, some of you that listen to our program might know that it's been a couple of weeks since we've put a new show out. Uh, things have been very crazy in, in the household or the Comier household. And uh, now that In Touch with Ken Kale is up to two programs a week, uh, we, you know, it's been a little bit hard between teaching and everything else that's going on to find time to get in here. But it's looking up because uh, we have some great guests slated to uh, in the next couple of weeks right here on Art for Living. And uh, we have a great guest today as well. And our guest today is Cara Comparetto, and she is actually a Concord native right here from the Granite State. And uh, Cara, thanks for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, it's a pleasure. So um, I thought Cara would be a great guest because she is a very talented gal, and uh, she is a multi-talented gal in that she has music in her life that's her, that is her livelihood, that is her passion. Uh, but she's very creative with how she uses the music. So that will be part of what we'll discuss today. Um, and Kara, introduce us to yourself. What, what, do, what do you do? What do you, tell us, tell our, our listeners, what does Kara Comparetto do? So I do a little bit of everything music. I teach a little bit. I live stream concerts. I post YouTube videos. Um, and have music available on different streaming platforms. Um, I sell CDs, uh, and I basically just make music. Right, you've diversified. Now, now for the old folk like myself out there, um, you know, in the old days when we did our, our shtick or when we were listening, um, you, you know, you went out and you performed, you went to school, you went to pr you performed, uh, you did some recordings, and uh, that was that was it. But now it's a whole new world for a young musician today, especially with all of the technology that's available to us. So um, I, I love that. I love the fact that we can now have many different veins with which to get our music out there to the public, which wasn't open, you know, before we had social media and all this all this other stuff that we have. I admit it's anathema to me. I, I wouldn't know what to do with the YouTube channel or anything like that. But I could tell you that from listening and watching, um, and I've seen some of your work, uh, it's really impressive. And and boy, can you get folks to, you can get folks to participate and listen. Mm -hmm. So that's great. So so what was your, um, you know, like how do you use that? Is there a certain mindset that that you've used that you've set up? Um, but how has social media assisted you? Well, at the beginning, I just posted stuff just for fun. So it wasn't really something I was getting paid for. I did a lot more teaching in the past um, to pay the bills. Yeah. And at one point, I sort of decided, let's put something on YouTube. And the first time I put something on YouTube, I got some good feedback from it. And I said, you know, I'm just going to start 
doing this a little bit more. I didn't get paid for it. It was ad revenue was very small on YouTube, especially when you're very tiny. But the more I kept doing it, the more people started to come back. And it's something now that I've been able to monetize and yes. spread out and do other things. It's and great. It's wonderful. I absolutely love it. Yes. And and uh, for anyone that doesn't know, I, I know what happens. I know what happens with the YouTube channel. But I really would love to see how you built it. I would love for our viewers, our viewers, our listeners to see. Um, let's say that someone had an idea that they wanted to cultivate. Um I could tell you for for at least myself, the first, you know, roadblock is, oh, my gosh, you know, how do you start this? Mm. How do you start this? So you said at the beginning you didn't get paid. But um, so how did it work like on YouTube? How did your YouTube channel, YouTube channel develop? Probably the first thing was that my brother, who loves video games, which I haven't quite got to yet, where I. I actually do a lot of video game soundtracks. That's kind of my big thing. I've posted really? some classical stuff, but most of it is video game music. Oh my gosh, that's awesome. Yeah, well, one thing is the classical industry is just so big and there's just so many people posting classical music. Yeah. You know, cla there's so many classical pianists on YouTube and yeah. it's very hard to find footing when you're posting the same pieces that everybody of else course. is posting. So. That was not really an option for me. I love classical music. It's what I grew up with. And it's still my first love. I, I love classical and I still post them every once in a while. They sure. usually don't get the views that my video game music does. But my brother sort of inspired me to start posting game music from the video games that we used to play as so kids. How does, what do you mean? So if I'm on YouTube, right, and... and um. Like, what do I listen for for game music? How do how does that how do you promote that? Well, like, a lot of people find my music based on them having played those games. So they kids. play the game. They've okay. played the games, right? So these are, in fact, a lot of them are my age. You know, this sure. video game systems were starting to come out when I was a kid, and those first video game systems had a lot of these Japanese composers that yes. were writing music, and and it was in this eight bit style music. It wasn't really that sophisticated because they didn't have the capacity yeah. to orchestrate tracks and put them into, you know, digital wow. form, you know. So eventually, you know, piano collections started coming out of basically arrangements of these themes. And so I took oh the themes, gosh, I recorded cool. them. And that is where <laughs> that's how I was able to sort of find my niche yes. a little bit where I found that this is where I was going to get the views. This is wow. where what people wanted to hear. And there weren't that many recordings out there. Out there for the that, right. For that, yeah. I mean, how, that is ingenious. Yeah. And I never knew that that's, that that was a thing. Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. my gosh. Well, it's probably getting bigger than yeah. it used to be. You know, the video games are getting bigger. I know. And, and they're crazy now. I mean, yeah. they're, the way that they're, I sometimes look at what they're doing now and you read an article here and there, you go, my God, I yeah. mean, it's a whole world. <laughs> yeah, well, now you can, the, the, the tracks are all orchestrated. Yes. The music is just incredibly sophisticated. And it's music <laughs> that is very traditional. So, you know, be, a lot of people think, associate video games with Japanese culture. Well, because it true. started that way, right? Yeah. And a lot of these composers were coming out of Japan. In fact, the biggest composer that I often record is um, Nobuo Uematsu. And Yasunori Mitsuda are two big Japanese composers, and they just write the most incredibly beautiful, lyrical, 
music. It sounds like Western music. Very Western, yes. yes. And actually, their styles are very diverse. So yeah. they post, you know, they, they compose a lot of um, ragtime, classical style, boogie style, um, waltzes, and wow. it really an amazing ability to make a video game that has all different styles of music in it. So Wow. Yeah. Isn't this interesting? So, yeah. you know, it's always funny. Um, whenever we have guests, especially, you know, there's uh, there's another prong to the conversation before Kara uh, sat down. She she said that, you know, she wasn't really sure. she Because radio wasn't a big component in your generation. I mean, in a lot of ways, you know. You had serious. If you were really serious, quote, about radio, you know, you could purchase serious radio and satellite radio and get all these really, you know, great, different, nuanced kinds of uh, shows or music or whatever. But if you didn't do that, really, all you had was sort of like the the regular, we have the regular FM stations that play music. Mm -hmm. um, and if you're not a political person, you're not going to listen to talk radio, right? Or a sports program, right? right? This is very specific. So I find that a lot of people come in here and they're like radio program, right? You know, what's... So we always tell them that um, this was this this station here has been here for what seventy six years, and um, it has you know our call letters you know call numbers one hundred three point nine and one hundred one point nine in in uh, Manchester, and it offers folks that are driving or that want to listen to the programming a way to hear what we talk about. When I have folks come in, I never want to have a pre like too much information right before we go because I'm a big believer in the immediacy of the conversation change, changes once we script it, right? Once once I say to someone, okay, you know, what do you want to talk about and how do you want to go at it? Which I know I've had on the other side of the microphone, I've had folks say to me. But I always find those those conversations for the person that's sitting there driving, you know, they find them, I think, kind of dry and boring, right? So today we came in and, you know, here I'm thinking about, you know, we're talking Western, of course, Western classical music, and we'll just talk about how you start and all that. And I find this entire vein or the entire history, you know, of game music. And you've you've taught me a lot about it. So um, we have, if we stopped right now, we've done our job today. <laughs> we won't stop right now. But um, so very interesting stuff. Yeah. Tell me again, how did you come into music? How did music, you know, start for you? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> That's a that's a heavy question. Oh. <laughs> well, I mean, I've grown up with it. I, my parents had me taking piano lessons. My dad is actually a piano technician and a piano tuner. So we had pianos in the house all the time. My <laughs> brother and sister both play the piano. Um, and it was kind of a required class. We had to do it. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I know that a lot of people will say, well, you know, you should just let let the child kind of, you know, figure out if they want to do it, which there's, there's a truth in that. But also if you make a specific subject, a wonderful thing for somebody, yeah. they are going to want to do it. Sure. They are going to like it. And I think my parents did a good job sort of making music a beautiful thing. We mm -hmm. went to concerts. We listened to music all the time. My parents were involved in my piano lessons and made sure that I was practicing and yeah. made it something fun for me. So I stuck with it and I started teaching when I was probably too young. <laughs> when did you start? I think I had my first student when I was 14. And wow, I had some yeah. students from my church coming. They were basically just people we knew and they would come to the house oh and goodness. I would teach them for, I think, $7 a lesson. <laughs> Holy moly. Yeah. And so I've, of course, I've learned a ton since then. And sometimes I look back and I say, you know, I 
probably shouldn't have been. Oh no, no, no. <laughs> at that at yeah. that age, but at the same time, I've learned and gained a lot of experience oh, through my gosh. it. People have you know. no idea how much teaching yeah. teaches you as the mm -hmm. teacher because it's not just about the medium. Yes, it's yeah. okay. Yeah, it's about for us music. Of course, you got to know your stuff, right? But what it teaches us so much about interrelationship and how people learn. Um, I always thought music is a microcosm of people in the real world. How people learn, how people rehearse, how they perform tells you everything about them. And I find it's always interesting. Yeah. Teaching is never boring. I always tell myself that I don't want to stop teaching, mm -hmm. no matter how few students, which I don't have that many right now, but I don't ever want to get to the point where I have none. Yeah. You know, because it's just keeps me learning it does by learning new music with students that's right getting into the details and <laughs> i still love it <laughs> absolutely and it's the same way no matter how old you are i mean mm -hmm. i'm i could be i'm old enough to be your mom and i could tell you even in choral music you know i have a pretty good grasp on what's out there i haven't i've been doing it for 30 years right but there's always new stuff you have you know for whatever group of kids you have in front of you uh, you have to meet their ability level, right? Mm -hmm. To shoot something in front of them that's that's ultimately setting them up to maybe not have a good time or, you know, to fail at it. That's not what a teacher should be doing. You have to be able to navigate where your students are mm -hmm. and see, you know, not to necessarily cap it, but we're not going to throw Dvorak at a brand new course, right? <laughs> and it's, it's, no, we're not going to do that to them. So, but, you know, that's what teaching does is it keeps you live. It keeps you in the moment. Mm -hmm. If you're going to find new music and discover new things, it helps the teacher as much as the student. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Absolutely. So so what was your um, education? Were you self-taught? Did you have um, conservatory? What what happened? So I, I have a little bit of a funny story there, but I started taking lessons when I was seven. Wow. And I took lessons with private teachers all the way up until I was 22 years old. Wow, well, And I went through probably four teachers. At the time, I had one teacher for a very long time. Her name was Sarah Whitehouse. <laughs> and she taught me basically how to sight read. She just threw music at me so much that I awesome. have such an extensive repertoire. I can read <laughs> any, any music you put in front of me. And I thank her for that. But before that, there was a point where I actually got dropped by a teacher because I quote, wasn't practicing. And one really? of the reasons for that is because I would play, I would play, right. but I would play everything but my, my assignment. So I would just be playing so many other things. And honestly, I've never, ever felt prepared for a piano lesson because I've always, always just playing everything else. I wanted really? to play this instead of what my, my teacher gave oh, okay. me. And of course, I learned, and I'm a musician now, of so course. it's kind of funny. But that So why was... do you think you did that? Do you think that there was a bit of rebellion in there? I don't know. I think I just didn't want to, st I didn't never wanted to stay with the song for that long. I, I okay. felt like I had it down. I wanted to move on to something okay. else. Now, obviously, I was immature at the time, hmm. and there was probably a lot I did need to learn within those pieces. That's why they gave yeah. them to me. Hindsight's always twenty twenty. Yes. <laughs> So anyway, after Sarah Whitehouse, I had a teacher named George Lopez, and he, ah. I graduated high school and took lessons with him for four years, and he really delved into the technical stuff Good. in piano. I really wish I had taken even longer with him because his ability to teach technical things such as keeping your body relaxed and, you know, mm -hmm. using your body to create the music, um, was just so huge. It was something that I probably didn't learn with my other teachers. Yeah. 
but moving on to a new teacher, I was able to. Absolutely. Learn That's that. the story of a good student, you mm -hmm. know. I mean, it's the same in singing because there are teachers that um, will, will center on different parts of technique. And once the singer has sort of got that, um, they'll look to someone else to bring them, you know, the next 10 yards, right? That, that's what a growing musician does, right? Mm -hmm. Otherwise, you kind of wither on the vine. Mm -hmm. Why would you take lessons with a teacher that you've already sort of grasped all that material? Mm -hmm. you know, it's kind of a... Um, it's hard for the teacher, though, because sometimes you have to send students off. Yeah. Sometimes it's, it's you got to say, okay, it's time for you to go to another teacher now, right? Right. And uh, that's never a fun conversation. <laughs> but it's really not fair to just keep taking the money when you know that they've maxed out and you've maxed out what you can really offer them, right. that they need something else now. Well, that that's what makes a great teacher, I think, is somebody who knows when it's time, you yeah. know, to not keep that student yeah. that you know needs to move on to. It's sad Sometimes. how much that happens, yeah. you know, yeah. out there in the real world, even in the mm -hmm. upper echelon. Now, in, in New York City, if you're going to take a voice lesson from a great singer, you know, for a great teacher, uh, you're going to pay upwards of two two fifty a lesson, right? Maybe more for the, you know, the really cream of the crop. But um, in my experience, those teachers are, are teaching very small, you know, by the time the student gets to them, they're teaching very small things that need to be fixed uh, in between. So you're not necessarily going to them every week or two times a week for a lesson, right? Because hopefully by that time you've got, got it all uh, together. Do you find that that's the same in piano, do you think? Uh, probably so, You know, so, like yeah. catch-up lessons kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. To just see. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, I think so. So oh. you do you have a teacher now? So it's interesting kind of going off of that that last teacher that I had when I was 22, I sort of took time mm -hmm. and took a little bit of a break. I actually was in a chorus class. I was in, I took organ lessons for quite a long Do period like of time. Do you like organ? I love it, except that it's harder to get to because, you know, yeah. it's in a, you know, you have to go somewhere to practice. Right. And it's just a little Do bit more. Do you use the pedals? Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I think that is so cool. <laughs> Watching an organist do their thing with the pedal work. Yeah, man, it, it's really amazing. It's an amazing instrument. The king of instruments. It really it. is. And people yeah. are ignorant about it. Yeah. Know? Oh, the, for the sure. The lay public is yeah. totally ignorant. Yeah. Is there a more all encompassing instrument for the human body than the organ? Right. Because the feet are going, the hands are going, right. the eyes are going. Mm -hmm. You're using everything. And what I really like about the organ is that it sounds like an orchestra yes it you know does. you can play one chord you could be you, you could even not play an instrument you can just play one chord right. and it's just gonna sound like Boom. you can play <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's great. really an amazing i love the organ experience. you know yeah. i wish that there was an opportunity even with choruses to use the organ more because mm -hmm. i believe that you're correct and in teachers inner voicing too because the core the chords of course are more uh I just think they're more they're fuller mm -hmm. right and they help young singers mm -hmm. hear you know, inner voicing better than a piano does. Right. But we can't really right. use organs in, in concert. They, they don't do that. So. Right. <laughs> Unless you're in a church. Maybe. And, and that's that's the thing. I, yeah. You know, churches are, are great places, you know, yeah. to, um, I don't know about pianists, but for singers to really learn their instrument. Yeah. Great. For the acoustic space. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. Right. Wow, this is really interesting. So here I am. I've known you for a few years, and you've taught me, like, <laughs> all this other stuff about Cara Comparetto. Um, we're going to take a break in a second, but before we do, why don't you give us your uh, website or any information if anybody wanted to hear what you do? Where do they go? 
So basically, if you just look up my name, Kara Comparetto, K-A-R-A-C-O-M-P-A-R-E-T-T-O, you will find my YouTube channel, you'll find my social media, you'll find my Instagram, you'll find my live streaming on Twitch. You'll find my streaming platforms as well for music. Absolutely. So you want to make sure everybody will give that information as we go through the program today. But Kara Comparetta, we're going to take a little break here and we will come right back in a couple. Welcome back to Art for Living. Jane Comier, your host here today. And our guest is Cara Comparetto. For those folks out there, it's WKXL 1450 AM, 103.9 FM Concord, and our new satellite at 101.9 FM in Manchester. And if I was Ken Kale, uh, who of course has multiple programs here on the on, on uh, WKXL, and I'm lucky to have program with Ken twice a week, he would say, with the booming satellite out in 101.9 FM in Manchester. So um, there, Ken, haha, that's for you. Uh, but let's get back to our topic. We are speaking about music today. And, you know, for those that are hearing and just tuning in, Artful Living is a program that, of course, by its title, Artful, um, has music involved, drama. We talk about music education. We talk about painting. We talk about things that might not be considered um, artful in themselves, but such as uh, homeopathy, aromatherapy, um, things that just make our day-to-day life better, right? So today we're talking about music, but if you check out our program, you'll see that we have pretty varied programs. And in the next two weeks, we will have even more uh, varied programming to make our lives artful, not just in the arts, but artful in a more to- total way. Um, but we were talking with Cara Comparetto, who is from, Man- from, excuse me, is from Concord, Manchester. I'm thinking Manchester all the time these days. She's from Concord, and uh, she has quite a very um, impressive business in music, and she uses social platforms to bring her music to her audience. And Cara, uh, again, give us the call again on that. Where do we find your stuff? Kara Comparetto, my name, K-A-R-A-C-O-M-P-A-R-E-T-T-O. Mm-hmm. And uh, when you hit that, you're going to find all kinds of platforms that that, that Kara performs on. So you were telling us before um, when, how it worked from YouTube, how you started, right? So what is the goal when you get onto a YouTube channel? How do you, What is your goal when you first start out for that specific, um, you know, program? I mean, number one, you you have to do what you love. You know, you you got to pick something. It, it's kind of a two sided coin because you know, number one, you want to do what you love, but on the other side, you've got to find something that's gonna catch. And mm. these days, it's really harder. I find that when I was posting ten years ago, when I first started, it it was a lot less dense. There was not as much competition as there is now, and people right. are posting so much that it's just harder. So. You know, for me, when I first started, I just posted what I really liked to do. And Mm -hmm. I just happened to get views. I wasn't really thinking that I was going to or that this was going to happen. But especially as a musician, you know, we want to do what we love. Of course. You know, if you do that, I think, and you you make that something that people want to watch. Right. I think you're going to get people to want to watch you. Absolutely. The passion Mm -hmm. of what you love to Mm -hmm. do. And let's assume we're going to just assume there's a level of competency, right? Mm -hmm. With that. That's important. Can't just be what you like to do. You have to be good at what you like to do. right? (laughs) Um, But that passion really does go out of, 
you know, go out to the listeners. Yep. And so I, I think that that's probably very true. Yeah. You have to love it. I've definitely had gotten a lot of advice from my followers and subscribers, and that's actually been a huge um, help to me as far as what to do next. Because as one person, you know, you just oh, yeah. get stuck and not know where to go and what to do. But if you're listening to the people who are following you and they say, I want this, or I think this would be really good for you, or you should do this. And you take that advice, right. you're going to go somewhere. Yeah, that's right, because you're also interactive at that point. Yeah. People right. talk, right? Mm -hmm. People talk. What is the difference between a follower and a subscriber? It depends on what platform you're on. So on YouTube, you can subscribe for free. And that just means you're going to get notifications for that channel. My other channel, Twitch, which we haven't got to yet, that's actually my biggest source of income right now, is a live streaming platform. And if you subscribe to somebody on Twitch, you pay a certain amount of money. It's like $5 for the base subscription. Mm -hmm. And then that money goes to the streamer and then you get access to perks. what they do. Okay. Yeah. So, so this is interesting. Anybody out there that uh, isn't sure about how these platforms work, this is great information and I'm one of them. So you're helping me. So there's a difference uh, within all of these platforms on how they run. They're not all run the same. Right. So can I donate money to you if I'm on YouTube? There is a way to donate money on YouTube. Unfortunately, one reason why I kind of left YouTube, the live streaming YouTube, YouTube platform is because they take a, a big cut of they what do. you pay. So, you know, if you if you donate $10, YouTube's going to get like seven dollars <laughs> no, you know really yeah so, oh, what a shame yeah so they have it all set up that way so i moved my stuff to a better platform good and now i'm getting a higher percentage of what people donate and uh -huh. i also have a um a, a website called i'm on coffee uh, web sorry it's it's called coffee k-o-f-i and that's a place where people can go and basically just donate to you so Get you don't have here, to do really? anything. They just go on the site. I post the link <laughs> on YouTube and I say, hey, if you want to support me as a musician, buy me a coffee and they'll go to the website Isn't and that donate nice. money. All right. And you, and you don't lose that money from YouTube. So that money is taken out through PayPal or something okay. similar. So they take a small cut, but it's very tiny. K-O-F-I. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. Yep. All right. So Twitch, let's go back to Twitch. So when did you join Twitch? You started, you said on YouTube, right? I started on YouTube and yep. did that for several years before I started thinking about doing the live streaming, which basically what I do is I play a concert mm -hmm. and I do it twice a week and I play for three hours. Three hours? Yep. How come it so long? It goes by so fast. Really? <laughs> yep. Wowie sowie. Yeah. So you, and what I do is I have a song list that people can choose from. I have okay. like 2,500 songs. Right. There. I've seen, I've seen you do this. It's okay. You're very clever and you're very uh, inviting when you're playing it. It's not like she's just sitting there playing. She's, she talks too. And she uh, notices folks that um, on the screen, right. That pop up and, and say things. Mm -hmm. This is what the other side that doesn't know about these platforms don't know how it works. Yeah. Right. So this is really great. Mm -hmm. Well, I didn't know how it worked either at the beginning, so yeah. it's okay. <laughs> That's right, and you're you're educating them. Yeah. All. Yeah. So, um, if so, twice a week. Is there a reason why you chose three hours? Uh, I probably from other streamers. I saw okay. that it was working to do three hours, okay. and that way I can do it twice a week. I also do. I'm actually a variety streamer, so I stream. I stream myself playing video games, believe it or not, and what? people pay me to do that. Get as out well. of here! Yeah. Why so did just, they pay you to? To stream that. Yeah, I don't know. 
it's just a funny world. One thing is people have the, on Twitch, you can make like customized emotes, like emoticons. And people and what can, is that? Emoticon is like a drawing, <laughs> right? Basically. Right. And so you can make your own or have somebody make them for you. And then people will subscribe to your channel and they can use your emotes in for the what? channel for anywhere they want on Twitch. So they can go into somebody else's stream and put your emote. So people know, okay, oh, she's coming from Kara, or you know, if they know her. Oh my God, yeah. that is bizarre. It is. It's almost like a game where people sort of collect things, so they can collect more emotes if they subscribe at a higher tier. They get more emotes that some people don't have access to. It's Kara. It's all how, digital. How <laughs> much? How much time do people spend doing this stuff? Uh, uh, like listening and watching. Yeah. You know. No, I, not the listening and watching. I can understand that. You know, to me. Because I'm the old fogey, right? <laughs> I'm, the, I'm the old fogey little, you know, kind of new convert. And I, I can't tell you how fabulous I think it is because here's why. The number one problem with, I'll, I'll say singers, and I would assume it's similar to pianists or any instrumentalist or any performer, I should say, uh, is working with the adrenaline off a live performance. Mm. All right. When people come to learn singing, if they're, if they're serious about it, all right, it doesn't matter if they learn the technique. They could be a great studio singer mm -hmm. and stink when they get out on the stage. If they don't practice, when the adrenaline hits and it says go, how you perform it. That's the trick between the great and the good, right? right? And so, especially during COVID, this, this live streaming, if you did it, I think saved a lot of singers because... Yeah, it wasn't the greatest thing. You can't you can't communicate with your audience. You can't have them give you a feeling and then you pull it in and you change what you're doing to meet what their feeling is, right? Which great performers can do. You can't do that necessarily. Although you can read comments, right? But it does have the live component, which has the body still go through some sort of an adrenaline. Yes. And then you have to you have to perform. I used to be a lot worse at it when I first started <laughs> getting on that and get it turning. As soon as I turned that camera on, it was a whole different ball game. But now it's such a different thing. For one, I like the live streaming aspect better than recording something perfectly, you know, behind right. the scenes, which is basically what my YouTube videos are. And one of the reasons for that is because as always, I never like to perfect things. I'm not the type. I like to read new music. I like to be thrown something new and say, hey, try this. You know, I'm wow. not interested in trying to make something perfect and have it memorized and, you know, be perfect on stage. Yeah, I don't think perfect is ever. Yeah. If well, anybody yeah. thinks that performing is about perfect, <laughs> you're in big trouble. But the preparation that goes into preparing for a concert and yes. having your, your repertoire ready takes a long time you have to stick yes, with the does. same repertoire for a long time mm -hmm. and for yeah, me i just never i'd rather move on to the next thing and yes. live streaming has been undoubtedly so gives helpful. you that ability to do it yeah. i think the big difference there is perfect and perfect mm -hmm. right um those words have two very different meanings but absolutely interesting uh what you're saying all right we're going to take another little break here um cara comparetto is with us and she is a local musician who is uh, has a plethora of material out there on the web. Uh, great, great pianist. We've worked with Kara at Piccolo Opera more than a few times. And uh, well worth your going online and checking K-A-R-A, Comparetto, and see what you could find out there. Uh, we're going to take a very short little break, 
and we'll come back and continue our conversation with Kara. Welcome back, WKXL 1450 AM, 103.9 FM Concord, and 101.9 FM in Manchester. Jane Cormier, are your host here at Artful Living, and we have Kara Comparetto here. We've been talking and having a really cool conversation about how all of these social media platforms can enhance and assist young artists, or not so young artists, uh, to continue to bring their art to many listeners. So um, you were telling us about Twitch. And you're, you were saying that platform's a little bit more reasonable with regard to allowing you to keep your hard-earned, uh, you know, donations, should I say. And you do two shows a week on Twitch. Mm-hmm. Is that correct? Usually Monday nights at 7 p.m. Oh. and Saturdays at 2 p.m. Those are my normal streaming there times. Oh, there yep. you go. All right. And so when you were doing this, I, and here's a question, um, because you're kind of, and I don't want to say that because it's probably not that new right now. So many youth are using technology and social media like that, right? Do you find that you have to be really stringent on scheduling yourself uh, to do what you're supposed to do? No, when we go to a job or we have a performance, March 23rd is the date. You you strive, everything, that keeps you in line. Mm-hmm. Got to perform that, right? Do you find that you have to internally have to produce that for yourself to do this? I'm not sure I totally understand what you mean, but I, um, I, all right. So if, uh, if the more traditional performing, mm-hmm. right. Performing, um, gives you a, a range of time through which you have to boom. That's when the concert drops. Right. So you have to have a pretty stringent schedule mm-hmm. to meet that performance. Right. Uh, when you're self-employed, right. Nobody's paying you to do that show or, or outside. I'm saying, right. Uh, you're doing your own show, your own music making right do you find that you have to be more cognizant of your scheduling and your practice and your performing time only on youtube so when i post youtube videos Mm -hmm. i have a plan you know i have to practice a a piece i have to have it recorded filmed edited all right and then posted so there is a process that you sort of have to say okay i you know i want to come out with a youtube video every once in a while Mm -hmm. i'm not super rigid about having one every two weeks although some people say there's like you should post every every two weeks like yes. at the same time or something i'm not sure don't quote me on that but i think that's no i think kind you're of right because everything's rhythmic consistency yes the all the <laughs> algorithm stuff they like that yeah you know but so for me with live streaming it's it's very spontaneous it's kind of like this you know i go in not expecting what to do i usually do it at the same time every week and I come into it, and it's new every time. Oh, wow, exactly. It, it makes it fun because it's new every time. Yeah. I don't pl- usually pick out any repertoire to play until I'm sitting there. And then what happens? How do you decide? So people will request songs during the live stream, and those songs, they'll go onto my song list, which is online, and you can pick a song, and the song will go into a queue. Mm-hmm. And that queue will, tells you which one. will tell you which one to play, but you can bump so requesting is free. Anybody can put their song up. Usually I don't play free requests. I don't normally have time to, but people can bump their song to the top by paying wow. a set amount of money okay. to have it played. Very cool. First. And, that's and how give, I us, give us an idea. What songs? Like, give us an idea anything, of what kind of songs. Anything. I have so much music on there. I've got classical, Broadway, pop, 
video okay. game, yeah, you name it. I have it. I have okay. everything. Yes. So there's something for everyone. Yes, there is something for everyone. All right. And that's on Twitch. One thing about Twitch or my YouTube and Twitch that I find interesting is that because I love classical so much, one of my goals as a musician has been to introduce video game music lovers. No. Yeah to classical music. And what's great about video game music lovers is that they're already almost there. Yeah. You know, they haven't been introduced to classical music. Yeah. But for me to put the passion into playing a Beethoven sonata on a right. stream or yeah. something and say, oh, I just love this, it makes them love it. Of and course, you've just educated them. To, yes. To that bridge. Yes. You've made the bridge. Right. Yes. <laughs> Important. Yep. Wonderful. So how many, how many followers or su subscribers do you have on Twitch? Twitch, I have almost 13,000, I think. Okay. Uh, YouTube, 40-something thousand. Wow. Um, so YouTube's a bigger... It is, but but Twitch is more live. It, I have right. my, act, my followers are more active, on I live. think, on Twitch because it's a, I've been on there less time. It's a newer platform for me. Sure. Which, by the way, another interesting aspect of that is I started Twitch when COVID hit. You had sort of wow. mentioned that. Yeah. And I said to myself... I'm just going to do this now. This is the time to do it. Good for you. And to get it down. And I was able to get, you have to kind of get through some hoops to get partner status, which means you're able to monetize yeah. on your channel. Right. Um, and so I did that like at the start of COVID. And that's. That's so cool. I left. That was great to, timing. <laughs> absolutely. It really worked out perfect. That's great. That's yeah. good for you. Yeah. Um, all right. Let me, let me see here now. I wanted to ask a question. Oh, is there other platforms that you're looking to in the future or that you think uh, might be something to look for? Well, kind of going into that, because I have a thought here that's interesting. One thing that I've been wary of as far as social media goes is that when you put your music on a platform like that, you are on a platform that is not your own in mm -hmm. a sense, you mm -hmm. know, and so you don't know what's going to happen to those platforms. You know, things can happen to platforms where another platform takes over and right. then that platform goes down. And yeah. it's one reason why I've tried to keep a lot of business here at in Concord because I don't want to get to this point where everything's online and then what happens if the online stuff doesn't yeah, work what do you for do? me. So I have established a website mm -hmm. that is a great thing because it helps you gather people's E emails and things like that. Sure. Now those are your own. Right. And then you have the ability to contact people. Right. In within your own sphere. Sphere. Yes. Rather than relying on Twitch or YouTube. Yeah. That more in control of it. Yeah. Absolutely. And what's your website? CaraComparettoMusic.com. Mm -hmm. There you go. So yeah. you can't really you just choose Cara Comparetto and you get all you yeah. get everything. You, you will need. get everything. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So do you have performances coming up? I have I have a performance um, tomorrow, I guess. I have my Saturday performance. I have one on Monday. Um, and then I've been posting YouTube YouTube videos. I mm -hmm. have a big gig that's coming up in the summer where I'm recording a full soundtrack to a video game, wow. um, which has kind of been good for me because I'm a sight reader. Yeah. So I can read through a whole soundtrack whereas some people may not be able to do that. Right. But I've actually arranged the whole soundtrack for three instruments, mm -hmm. the pipe organ, the piano, and the harpsichord. Oh, how cool. And so I'm going to have somebody film. Actually, Jimmy Gray is a, a 
videographer and photographer in New Hampshire. Uh -huh. And he's going to come down and film the project for me and record it. So oh, cool. That's my next big project that's going to happen And that's in the, in the summer. summer. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. I mean, that's pretty exciting stuff. Yeah. So, so as your question was, you know, what do you have things planned and do you prepare? Yeah. Yes, absolutely. I do. <laughs> yes. You have to, you have to have that in there. Yes. Yeah. Good for you. Thank you. Good for you. I mean, to my mind, it's so amazing that you've made your own opportunities, right? You've taken advantage of what's out there and you've really come full circle with that. Um, do you have any live performing, Kara, like in a in a concert way coming up? You know, I used to do that. I had a concert with my sister. She also plays piano, and right. we did a duet concert together. We played Tchaikovsky and we cool. played Rhapsody in Blue, which was sort of fun. We did some piano duet stuff. Um, but the difference between getting 75 people mm -hmm. and having so much work to get to that point where you're prepared and right. you're passing out flyers and you're advertising and all that stuff to 250 people on Twitch. Right. It's just uh, weighing the, uh, weighing the differences between the two. I've decided that my efforts are going to go into the live right. performances online. So I don't do much live performing, performing especially yeah. in, New Hampshire, it's hard because there's not Tell that me. many people and <laughs> it's hard to get your name out there. And Even you know. a company, even a, you know, we're mm -hmm. an opera company in, mm -hmm. a, in a state where it's hard to make anything that's intangible sell, mm -hmm. right? We're good at folk art. We're good at, you know, the tangible things that are right here, right? Opera is somewhat un untangible, yeah. you know, and um, we don't have a big business base. Here in New Hampshire, opera draws off of the big business bases in the large cities. That's who supports it. So it's always been an uphill battle for that. Well, and I feel like you, Jane, have been so good about keeping the classical repertoire that's good. And you've done a good job about just making the good stuff come out. But even still, when you're when you're performing the good stuff, even, yeah. it's just so hard oh, to get people to attend. It's Listen, it, the whole, and that, that has been true, like I said, for the past 30 years. Um, and let me tell you, you know, you really have to tweak your expectations living that because, uh, you know, you have budgets, you have to pay people. None of this is free, although most of my time is. Um, and you have to meet those commitments, you know, so you have to be clever with programming. You have to make sure that you have you know, people that will will promote, not promote, but will um, support the performance before it hits the stage because you're not going to pay the bills um, off of usually the performance itself. Yeah. So um, it's a trick. Mm -hmm. It's a trick. But to me, uh, to not have that music, to not have classical music offered out in the community to mm -hmm. teach our kids, mm -hmm. there's no hope for it. We have to get the kids involved because mm -hmm. without the children, who's going to listen to the music? You know, you got to start somewhere. That's true. I have people online telling me I should do live concerts. And one reason I don't as well, this is another side of it, is being a female and having a lot of male followers because they're video gamers, you know. Okay. So a lot of them are male. And it's a great community. It's really, really sure. nice. But at the same time, there's a level of safety that you have to say, you know, to should I go tour and you know give concerts out there there's a part of me that says i don't know if that's wise you know should i be just going out and being live like that and huh. i don't know it's interesting it's okay a, definitely a thought that i've had and i've decided that that's something i don't want to risk you yeah. know well, always out yeah it's something i wouldn't have thought of yeah. there 
Yeah. Well, I mean, everybody has to do what you're comfortable doing. Yeah. Right. Right. Exactly. Right. Yep. That's what you do. Yeah. So, yeah, that's fine. I understand that. Mm -hmm. So, uh, any, you've told us again, Cara Comparetto, and, and you have your website out there, and that will get load up, that will, we'll be able to find also the Twitch mm -hmm. and YouTube. Is there any other, um, platform out there we look for you can go on to my um live stream or my music streaming platforms which is where you can listen to my music digitally such as spotify spotify or, um, amazon has you know a, a, a you can go on to amazon music mm -hmm. youtube music that's also a music yeah. platform on youtube um, but all of those are free so as long as you have a subscription to spotify or amazon prime you can you can listen. You can listen. Same with YouTube. It's all free. If you go on to my Twitch channel, you can watch the live stream. You don't have to subscribe to actually watch. Mm -hmm. You can watch. You won't be able to chat, but you can watch. Right. And you also have the option to do this Kofi or this coffee yes. thing, right? To send a donation. Folks, um, we, we don't talk about it enough because it's kind of like this weird taboo thing. Um, but, you know, music and arts are frequently offered free, but they're certainly not free to the, to the artists <laughs> that are performing them uh, because you don't get to that level without really, you know, exerting some effort and money, right? So anytime that you could support a worthy musician, artist, um, we've had a couple here on the program, local artists, uh, we should be doing that because it's artful and because it gives our lives meaning and goodness and grace and we need so much more of that these days. So um, again, Kara uh, Comparetto, wonderful pianist here in in Concord, New Hampshire, and you can find her stuff. You just Google her name, and uh, this has been great. I've I've enjoyed this discussion. We've got a lot of information. So Kara, thank, thank you thank for you. coming on. Thank you for having me. It was me. nice to see you again. Yes, it's been a while. <laughs> it has. We're supposed to see you on New Year's Eve, but it didn't happen. Oh, I know. <laughs> oh, mamma mia. <laughs> All right. So uh, there it is. We're going to uh, we're going to say thank you very much for joining us here at WKXL 1450 AM, 103.9 FM Concord, and of course, 101.9 FM in Manchester. And we will see everyone next week for another edition of Artful Living. Bye now. <laughs>